welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 194 for Saturday the 28th of March 2020. Coming up this week, it's the end of the first quarter of 2020, so I'll be reviewing my writing goals for the past three months and seeing what kind of a start to the year it's been. It's official, I'm going off-piste for the next two months, the schedule is getting thrown out of the window until June. And I celebrated my 55th birthday this week, so I'll be revealing how a 55-year-old celebrates his birthday in a coronavirus-friendly way. Prepare to roll your eyes if you're under 50 years old, and I'll also let you know if I hit those personal goals I set for myself way back in 2019. So welcome to this week's podcast diary. Let's start as ever with the word count and see what got written and what got edited. I've been writing, or I started this week, on how to create and sell digital products. That's my second non-fiction book of the year. I started work on that on Sunday. Chapter one is now written, and I've decided that I'm not going to write to 5,000 word blocks at the moment. I said to you last week that what with everything that's going on in the world, I'm a bit distracted. We're slightly out of routine, and I have I have found some routine this week. I'll talk to you about that shortly. But um, I just decided to write a chapter at a time, and it's as many as words as it is. So I'm not going to stick slavishly to that 5,000-word ritual that I have. And to be honest with you, that's more applicable to fiction anyway. So it's fine for non-fiction. So chapter one got written, and I've already had a couple of comments in. Pip Reed's been in, and Lucy Branch has been in. I've done the changes for Pip. I haven't done yours yet, Lucy. And uh, anybody who's got access to that document, feel free to go in and add your comments as we go along. And it just helps me to change it as we go along. So um, I'll be writing that. Well, it's funny because uh, now I've had my busy client week and I did a three hour webinar this morning, which was actually better than I thought. The secret to it is that you take a five minute break on the hour and then it, it feels fine. I nipped out for a cup of tea and uh, a little bit of cheese just to stop my stomach rumbling when I was presenting. And that all went um, very well. So that three-hour webinar was fab. That's done. And I've got rid of the really busy client week now. And again, I've now I've done a little bit more of it. I'm just getting to f- a feel for the shape of the way that the week of the day needs to be. So what I probably will do, I'm not quite sure yet, I'll probably start to work on my WordPress revision and my MailChimp book revision at some point. But I may also start to do some midweek writing on this how to create and sell digital products at the moment it's all planned out to write basically one chapter each Sunday for the next I think I've got 14 weeks have I got 14 weeks penciled in so I've planned to write that over 14 weeks I suspect at the moment it'll get written a lot faster than that I suspect I shall probably get these book revisions done and then I'll get my head down and get it out much earlier that's what I think at the moment so moving on to editing then Last week when I spoke to you, Judy Stock had sent me her proofread for my How to Start a Podcast book. And I went through that after I recorded last week's diary. I have to say that there wasn't anywhere near as much as I thought there was in there. Um, a lot of it was a, a repeated issue about some formatting issues in there, which I'm pleased to say vellum sorts extremely easy, easily. So there, there wasn't an awful lot to do in there, which I'm very pleased to say. And I know obviously Julie had made all her changes in there anyway, which I just accept anyway. So 
that book is locked and loaded and ready for release in paperback. Actually, I'll let you into a secret. It is already available in paperback, basically, because I just thought, oh, what the heck? Let's <laughs> just get the thing published. Doesn't really matter. Um, I haven't particularly done any pre-sale with it. And the, obviously the, um, the ebook that was ready for a, on a pre-release, but that'll just go live on Monday. So we'll get those two live and then I'll probably start thinking about doing a bit of marketing for them. Just to mention, by the way, uh, if you want to uh, check out Judy's proofreading services, you can go to cluedupublishing.co.uk and Clued Up and Publishing all have a hyphen between them. So that's cluedupublishing.co.uk. Also, I have finished my edit of So Many Lies. The new v version is now released. So I got it done, I think it was last Friday, and um, I had to publish it in a couple of versions. So obviously there was the standalone book and So Many Lies is part of a box set. So I, I basically finished my edit of it. I did all the, the checks for spelling to make sure I hadn't made any mess ups while I was editing it. That was fine. Converted it to a vellum file and then uploaded it to Amazon. So that's all done. I then listed it in Book Funnel and the Book Funnel link has gone over to Sarah Hardy and she's now going to share that with her reviewers and the reviewers are going to start that blog tour. They're going to start running their posts on it on April the 27th. So we're a month ahead of that and they've got plenty of time to read the book. So that's everything kind of done and dusted. Um, no more editing for me now for a little while. Uh, and by that, I mean sitting down and doing a whole book. Obviously, I'll be editing the non-fiction book as I go along as people write comments on it and uh, how to start a podcast is ready to go so we're not at the end of the first quarter and we've got that first book uh, published and, and ready to go so that feels really really good in, in terms of general news um I said to you I've got more of a sense of the pattern of the day now and you know like you I'm sure your whole life is in flux at the moment so for instance I'm recording this diary on Thursday I have to go and pick up a child from university tomorrow and I'm expecting to get stopped on the way. Um, but, you know, we've got all these difficult decisions to make. I'm not going to go into any sort of family details, but I need to go and get my child from um, university and they won't be going back to university anymore. One child has been able to leave all the stuff in the same room because they're going back to that room in September. They won't be, I'm pretty sure they won't be going back this term. So a uh, middle child was able to just jump on the train and come back home. Whereas um, first child uh, has to clear out the room because the room has to be uh, vacated. So the only way we're doing that is if I go down to, to pick it up. So I am expecting probably to be stopped on the way down, but that's why I'm recording this podcast a little bit earlier. But that means we've got all the kids back at home. Uh, I know that child number one has been very diligent about not mixing uh, outside immediate friendship groups in the flat. So fingers crossed, everything is fine. And I specifically saw a question on the BBC the other day where somebody said, I got a student to pick up from uh, university. Can I do that under the existing rules? And the answer was, yes, you can. So I'm going to do that. And it's, it's such a tough one, isn't it? Because my feeling is, is that if we, we get into a complete lockdown, I'm not gonna be able to do that. So I'm going to do it now, you know, while there is some freedom of, of movement, you know, worst case scenario. And, and it won't come to this because I'm going to, I'll have paperwork to show where I'm going um, and where I've come from and other paperwork as well, you know, to show that this has to be done. And, um, you know, so you're not going to get a 30 quid fine for that, but the worst you'll get in this country is a 30 quid fine, but I, you'd have to be pretty irrational to do that. So 
uh, you know, we've got all these things. I didn't know I was going to do that this Friday. Now I am at short notice, which is why I'm recording this on Thursday. Um, so we still got these things going on. My wife, um, was it Friday? I can't remember now. I think it was Friday that they were told they didn't need to come into work anymore. So her place of business is now closed down. There has been some suggestion of redeployment, but she doesn't have to take that. And I am pleased to report that because of who she works for, she works for the county council. Um, you know, those salaries will, will continue to be paid, even though there's no uh, work being done. They'll be paid in full. I, I'm sure everybody will start to get much more jittery if this goes on beyond um, three months. But at the moment of recording this, she's just not at work and she's being uh, paid for that. So, again, you know, that was unsettling us because I was... I was in lockdown uh, in that I hadn't seen a human being other than family members for a while, but my wife was still having to go out and mix with the public. And I've been sitting there for the last fortnight thinking it's time to close. It's time to close. It's time to close. And eventually they decided to close. So they were too late in my opinion, but uh, there we go. And, and so, you know, there was very little point me locking down all the time. My wife was mixing with the public and having to go out to work. So, you know, we've all got these situations that we've had to juggle, haven't we? But anyhow, as from closer play on Friday, all the family are in the house. All the family will be in the lockdown prescribed by the rules of the UK. Hopefully, nobody will have caught anything in that time. And we just have to continue the, the lockdown, you know, hopefully, touch wood in good health until we can all come out to play again. But I have, with all those things going on, I have seen the shape of the day now. And what I've decided to do is I'm not going to write fiction until the 4th of June now. And do you know what? As I've been recording this, I've just uh, received a Facebook message from my wife, who is doing our now weekly shop at Tesco in the UK, and informing me that there's a very orderly queuing system at Tesco. Every trolley is being wiped down before being taken, and the spacings are marked for the trolleys so that the separation is there. So bit by bit by bit, I know our life is changing, but it's getting organised and, 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 you know, making more sense of it, hopefully, by, by the minute. So, you know, it just feels like that at the moment, doesn't it? Anyhow, I'm not going to write fiction until the 4th of June, so I can still hit my deadlines if I just completely forget it till the 4th of June. And to be honest with you, even if I start writing on the 4th of June, I'm still only writing on Thursdays and Fridays. And remember, I'm not doing salaried work anymore. So I could actually write five days a week from the 4th of June. I, I could actually do that. So although I've got 4th of June in the diary now to start writing fiction, I, I hope you know, this new normality of ours will have settled down a bit and I'll be able to to focus on fiction writing. But I am completely, I will not do any fiction writing in the month of April. And in May, I hope that things will have settled down enough. We'll have some kind of new routine by then so I can focus on uh, being creative and coming up with the next fiction stories. Now, interestingly, I was uh, running the other day and I'll talk to you more about this when I talk to you about what I did for my birthday. And by the way, I'm parking that till the end of the podcast. So if you're here just to hear the, the chat about writing, you don't have to sit and listen to my birthday celebration review. Um, so I'll, I'll, that's right at the end. So you can skip it if you don't want to hear it, if you're just here for the writing news. But yeah, I was running the other day. And as I was running, they've got wind turbines in the place that I run. And I had a, an idea for a story because at the BBC, my last, I think it was pretty well my last reporting job at the BBC, actually. I went up one of those wind turbines with the electricity company. And I was thinking, well, that would make a great scene and a thriller. 
And when I went up with the BBC, by the way, I've put, some, I've put a couple of photos on. It's been archived by the BBC now, but I found two photos of me all in the gear, um, you know, all togged up to do this, this climb. Uh, so they're on the resources page. I went up this this wind turbine, and you might not think they're very high, but I'm telling you, when you climb up the ladder, it is very high. And normally when you climb up ladders, they're on a slight angle. They're against a wall. But if you could imagine a ladder that goes absolutely straight up with no angle on it at all, it feels like you're... If you, if you could climb a ladder to heaven, that's what it would feel like going up a wind turbine. And so... I think it was about the only thing I ever did with the BBC. I was a bit like John Noakes, if you know who John Noakes is from Blue Peter in the old days. I was a bit like John Noakes at the BBC and used to do all these exciting things. Bearing in mind, I'd abseil off a big bridge in Humberside as well. But this was the one thing that I almost balked at because it was it was the fact that the ladder was straight up. It was really scary. And we were harnessed on, and as you'll see from the photographs on the resources page, I had a hard hat on and goggles and gloves, and we were we, we were clipped on with the harness. We had all the proper gear. I had big, heavy boots on, if I remember too, uh, walking boots, if I remember. And it was really scary. And I, I nearly balked, but I thought, no, I'd, well, one of the things I learned at the BBC was to just face your fears, because when you do, it's always exhilarating when you get to the top or when you get to the end. And I just learned that, just grin and bear it, go through it. And it's always fantastic when you do it. So I got to the top and the top, if you can imagine a wind turbine, it's got the blades at the front and then it's got that box behind it. Well, you can actually sit in that box and we, we opened up the doors and we're <laughs> looking out the windows. We were clipped on at the time. And I was just thinking when I was running around, I was just recalling what I did there. I thought that's a great place to have a scene, a, a chasing up the ladders without the harnesses, and then some fight scene where somebody's dangling out the back of the of a, of a wind turbine. Now clearly, I'm going to have to come up with some fictional excuse to get somebody up in one of those wind turbines. I'm sure it won't take much thinking about, but um, you know, I made a, a note of that because I thought, right, I've got to weave that into something. And then another scene that I've had in my head for a while. Is somebody being out, taken out for a flying lesson and being scared off during the flying lesson in one of these microlight planes where you've just got two seats in the plane. And I thought I'd like to have a scene where somebody's in one of these microlights and um, the pilot just turns the plane off and it starts to dive towards the earth uh, because they're trying to scare, put the frighteners on somebody. So um, I, I got a couple of scenes there that I want to build into a book in some way. Not quite sure how they're going to fit into any sort of story, but I, I'm really just putting fragments together now. And it's, it's, I find it quite nice. If I can think of scenes uh, that excite me to write and I can think of locations also that I can get excited about, I generally, the story generally seems to come from there. So I'm at that stage at the moment, but I'm not doing any formal planning. I'm not going to think about that until we get to the end of April. There's loads of time. There's loads of maneuverability. Now I don't have to go in three days a, work, a week to do the salaried work. But I'm still looking at the 4th of June for my deadlines. And then I hit my editing deadlines because I have booked in Julie Cordoner to do both of those books. So I do have delivery deadlines set in the diary now. So however I get there, I, I need to be delivering those books on those dates. So um, let me just give you a sense then of how the week's looking at the moment. So all this week, I've been, I'm running it every day this week and I'm going to run every day now until I'm not allowed to, until they completely clamp us. So in the UK, the rules are you can go out once a day for exercise. Now I'm just keeping out the way. So I, I'm basically, I'm waking up with the news at 6.40. I'm listening to the news uh, at seven o'clock. I'm nipping out, making a cup of tea. Me and my wife are having a yak, uh, having a cup of tea. And then I'm getting up, going for a run, 
so I'm up, I'm up by eight o'clock and I'm back to the house well before nine o'clock. Um, and it's not, it's not busy out there anyway, but I just want to keep well out of the way when I'm doing this. I'm going for a five kilometer run. Fortunately, we have a park just very close to us because we live in the city. So I'm going for a lovely run. It's be beautiful this week. Absolutely beautiful this week. Um, there's a handful of people out there, mainly dog walkers and other joggers. So that's all very pleasant. There's no issue with distancing when I'm out there at all. So I'm more comfortable with that. Uh, and that's really um, a lovely time for me. And that for me is for good physical and good mental health. That's why I'm doing that. And I will do that for as long as I possibly can. When they stop us doing that, I got a cross training machine in the lounge and that's what I will do for my exercise. So what I've decided after this busy week is that really I'm only going to do one client a day. Uh, one client a day is fine for me. And, and because my wife is at home and the family are at home now, things are just a little bit more relaxed. We're more in summer holiday mode. So it's nice for me if I don't have to rush breakfast, I can have a chat at breakfast and take a little bit more time with that. So roughly speaking, I'm going to do one client a day they're all being done via Zoom at the moment, which is working extremely well for me. And I will do those clients at either 10 till 12, 11 till 1, or 2 till 4. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty well, again, I'm, I'm working this out now. I've spread the clients out, so I have no more than one client a day. And that, that suits me for time. It's just a couple of hours. I can invoice the time for that. And it leaves me with some time to do the stuff that I want to do. What I found this week is I don't really want to be taking up all my days with client work. I want to spread that client work out because I want to do some of my work as well. So no more than one client a day. And that may, will mean five clients a week. And obviously that's five invoices a week. So that, that feels like a good pace for me. And then the other thing is I don't want to pack my time so much uh, that I haven't got uh, time for my mum. So my mum is 82. Uh, my, my dad died a, uh, uh, a long time ago, about 10 years ago now. So my mum lives on her own, but my sister is literally just round the corner. But my sister is is keeping well away from my mum because she's 82. So my sister's going round to call when she walks the dog. And, and she said the other day that she was standing on the drive and the dog's on one of these long leads. And so the dog went up to say hello to my mum, but my mum's you know, keeping well away um, from my sister. And my sister's talking to her from the drive. So, you know, my mum's looked after in terms of somebody can get, she's got loads of food. I was giving her all the advice about what she needs to, to keep in the house, but she's just keeping out of the way now. And she can don't go for a walk around the village just for exercise. Um, but you know, she's, I've been given her very clear instructions about how to keep away from people and the distance she needs to keep because obviously at 82, she's very vulnerable here. But you know, mum's got the message now, but I, I'm aware that mum's in the house by herself. And so I was saying to her the other day, you know, obviously I'm checking in on her much more now ringing her much more and we're skyping together but my mum loves scrub scrabble and whenever we go and see her we all have a game of scrabble and she's always always beating us because she's so sharp still and her word power is amazing she always puts us to shame and I said to her um, let's get a game of virtual scrabble going an online game of scrabble so this week on and off in between clients uh, she's resisted being on Facebook but to play this scrabble game she has to be on Facebook and so that um, I, I know she's going to get confused with some bits of it so I've put her on a Chromebook to keep life easy and I've been working out a way that I could come onto her Chromebook and take control of it for her just to solve all the little teething problems we're going to have with this. But it, it, we had a little demo run the other day. So my wife was in the, in the kitchen and I was, I was um, at my desk here and my mum was on Skype and I showed, I shared my screen with mum on Skype and I was, I was showing her how my wife and I were playing this game together. 
And my mum, who's really competitive with Scrabble, was sitting there. I was saying to look, mum, I'm, I'm not making proper words. I'm just making words just to show you how it works. And my mum was saying, oh, look, if you put the Q there, you'll get a triple score. And she was getting all competitive about it. And my wife then started getting competitive about it. And she was putting great words down. And I was saying, look, I'm, I'm trying to do a demo here. I'm not trying to win the game. My, I know my words are rubbish. but So I, I think that's going to work, basically. I think my mum's going to be... <laughs> I think she'll see this out, playing Scrabble with various members of the family. So. I've been so busy this week. I just, I'm hoping that after I've got this recorded and edited, I'll be able to join my mum and just put the, the last bits in place. So I, I do want to, you know, particularly make sure that I've, I'm not so rushed and so busy that I haven't got time, uh, to check in on my mum very, very regularly and to play a, a game of Scrabble with her. And, and obviously the kids and my wife can do that too. I just want to set her up so she doesn't feel like she's been, um, uh, abandoned. And I know she's taken care of, taken all sorts of steps to make sure she's taken care of if my sister gets ill and things like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pack my time. I think we've all got to be mindful of families. We've got to be mindful of older relatives and that we might get called upon in some way uh, to offer support there. So it doesn't make any sense for me to pack my my time like I have been doing. So I'm happy that with that schedule, you know, everybody's going to get um, what they need. I'm going to get some work done, progress some work in a meaningful way. I'm looking after my physical and good mental health. I look after my mum and I can do the client work as well. So that all feels very comfortable to me. And I know it might change at any time, uh, but that's roughly the kind of pattern that I'm going to stick to, I think, for the next month, for as long as I can stick to that pattern. Okay, so... It was my birthday this week on Monday, and I should also mention that Julie Stock, we found out, we share the same birthday. I, I think, we're, are we the same age, Julie, or are you, are you younger than me? I can't remember whether we're the same age. We're roughly the same age. Um, but Julie also celebrated her birthday, so a belated happy birthday to you, Julie. And you'll know, if you listen to this diary regularly, that in 2019, I set myself some goals, and I just wanted to review those goals with you today. Um, and I'm very pleased that with park runs now finished, I'm not, we can't, we're not doing park runs. I don't know, I don't know how long it will be until we can do a park run again. But I'm really pleased when I was writing these goals down and putting them on the resources page today. I was thinking, you know, sometimes we have to look for the silver lining in the cloud. And I was thinking, you know, I got, I had time to do all of these goals. And as a finisher completer, I'm happy with that. And whenever we can come out to play again, I'll just pick it up and I'll set myself some new goals. But uh, I'm happy that I hit the goals that I did. So just to review those goals with you, I said that I wanted to do uh, at least 50 park runs by the time I was 55. And when you do 50 park runs, you get a T-shirt, a red T-shirt. So I've actually did before... Um, the drawbridge came up and we had to stop I got 61 park runs in so I, I completely exceeded that target um, and I got my red t-shirt for doing 50 park runs I also wanted to do I wanted to volunteer at the park run as well and I managed to get my 25 volunteering stints in and I got my volunteer t-shirt so you get a, a, a t-shirt whenever you do 25 volunteering stints so I got that t-shirt as well I also wanted to do, I think I said originally it was 10 park run tourism locations, but I bumped that target and I made it 15. So I exceeded the 10 a while ago, but I have got 15 park run tourism locations done. And as you know, I've had to cancel. I was hoping to do Paris before my birthday. I was hoping to do uh, Bushy Park, which is where the first ever park run was done. We had all sorts of plans to do park run tourism this year. And clearly, I've just had to put that on hold. And as I say to you, I, I feel quite happy with that. I hit those targets. I think we have to look for the silver lining in the cloud. 
I, I was very fortunate to be able to do all those amazing things and I can't wait to get back to it and start doing them again, which we'll be able to do at some point. I just don't know when yet. And then the last one, the big one, was the 10 stones and seven pounds weight. And I'd set that target for the end of March 2020 and I'm delighted to report. I didn't know whether I was going to make it for this week's podcast. So I knew that sometime in between my birthday and the end of the month, I wanted to be hitting, I needed to be hitting that 10 stone, seven pounds, but I am today 10 stone and seven pounds. I came back from my run and I've put photo evidence on the show notes. Now, what I've done for, for reasons of good taste is I have blurred out my bare feet <laughs> because when you're trying to hit 10 stone, seven pounds, you don't want to be having your slippers on. You need to get rid of all that excess weight. So I've, I've blurred out my feet in the interests of good taste, but you can see that I'm exactly 10 seven. That was, that photo was taken today, which is Thursday when I'm recording this. And I've also date stamped it. I've put, if you look in the top right hand corner, you can see it's date stamped the 26th of the 3rd, 2020 on the photograph. So that is my evidence that I hit my my weight target. So I hit all of those goals, which is um, fantastic. I didn't think I was going to hit that 10-7. I knew I was going to be in the ballpark, but I wasn't sure whether I was going to hit it within that target zone. And you know what I'm like when I'm a target. The thing about weight is, you know, you can't get too uppity about it. It's a organic thing, isn't it? You know, so... I wasn't going to go in any kind of starvation rations or anything like that, but I am very pleased that I, I, I hit it because as a, a finisher completer, that would have really bothered me if I hadn't hit that weight by the end of the month. So 10 stone seven, and I'm quite happy to be a little bit more, a little bit less than that. That's really my kind of middle weight that I'm always aiming for. It's my comfortable way. So um, all of those targets were achieved. And of course, there were some book targets in there as well. I said to you that I wanted the 20 books from the 20 books to 50K. And I've got, I'm to be honest, I find it ever so hard to count my books, but I've got what? I've got 13 thrillers. So is that right? 13 thrillers. I got 10 sci-fis. And, and three non-fictions by the end of the month. So that with the podcast book, that's actually going to be 26 books, I think, if I've counted correctly. And the target set was 20. So I'm, I'm six outside my target on that. Um, so they were long-term personal goals. And I'm extremely happy to have achieved those, particularly that weight goal. I really didn't think that was going to happen. So those are the personal goals. We are at the end now of quarter one. So it's time for me to run through my quarter one review. Let's see what got done in the first quarter of the year. Now, this has been, it's been probably since I've been doing this podcast diary, possibly the most uh, disrupted quarter that I've done, I think, when I've had to change plans as much as I have. So if you think about it, and I, I apologize if I get the dates confused, I'm fairly sure that I handed my notice in for my salaried job on the 31st of October. So the aim was to finish at the end of November 2019. But because I wasn't in any rush to go, I didn't have to, I wasn't going on to a new job or anything like that. It was entirely up to me. I knew that my deadline had to be the end of March because I've started to receive my BBC pension this month. So I got that this week, the day after my birthday. Um, and, and so I needed to be off PAYE salary by March. So my, I knew that the, the last date that I had to be gone by was the end of February, basically. So I was quite happy to just bump that date to allow them to find a replacement and to get, to have a smooth handover. I wasn't sort of churlish about it, but I did want to, to trigger the fact that I, I'm on my way now. I'm going. And so, um, you know, I left at the end of that, but I, I, we kept extending. We did it at the last minute because I, I would keep saying, look, you know, 
I need to go. I kept saying, I gotta go at March, right? There is no, there's nothing. I'm not changing at the end of, uh, at the beginning of March or end of February. I'm going. But, um, I was quite happy. We, we tended to bump in the last few days. So I said, well, okay, I'm due to finish on such and such a day. Do you want me to stay? I'm happy to stay for another month if you want me to. And we just kept renewing it verbally like that for four, three months. And so for that reason, when I set these quarterly goals, I was thinking that I wasn't going to be at work from January. And in actual fact, I was doing my salaried work in January and February. And then, of course, by the time I left in March, I was the coronavirus was was hitting us and I was clamping down and saying well I'm not going to go and see clients now and I don't want to do training so I had all sorts of things organized which had to be rescheduled um the training that I did this morning was a three-hour training that I was supposed to be doing in person at a hotel today clearly we cancelled that and I had another training that was cancelled as well so it's been really shifting sands this quarter I've constantly had to review and adapt and try and sort of hit the target so uh, with that in mind if you recall I had intended when I had all that time to write end of men so I had intended to write a 75 or 90,000 word I can't remember how many words I targeted originally but I intended to write end of men in this quarter and I'd intended to write my non-fiction book now I got to 15,000 words of end of men and as I was writing it it was not feeling right. I always said to you that End of Men was a personal self-indulgent project. It was literary fiction. And I didn't know whether I'd get to the end of it uh, because it was a challenge for me. Um, the non-fiction was fine from the start. It just worked from the start because I know non-fiction will. I, I know that non-fiction is going to get finished and written because it's a completely different process. And so as I, was, as I was writing End of Men, I was thinking, you know, it's okay. The story's okay. But I just, I know this isn't right. I know this is going to take a lot of work. So I ran it by my wife. I said, could you just give that a read for me? Just tell me what you think. And there were lots of issues with it. Um, I hadn't quite got it right. And I just thought, okay, I was still working doing the salaried job I thought this is fine I'm just going to park end of men because I knew it was a, a long-term slow burner project happy to park that and I just got on with the non-fiction as you know as I've just told you the non-fiction gets published at the end of the month so that's you know I'm quite happy with that I've done a I've done a, a book in a quarter in a quarter that I didn't think I was working then I found that I was and, and I've still got a book out so I'm quite happy with that and I'm very pleased with that podcast book as far as end of men is concerned I've saved all the files. It'll just sit there. I've planned the whole book uh, right through. I can't remember how many words it was, but I've got a whole outline for that book still sitting in Google Drive. Um, I may come back to it, but clearly it's not a priority. I want to be releasing books now. I've, I've, I've had my refresher period from when I did those eight books in 2019. I, I'm fine to be writing again now, and uh, I've finished work now. So really, I think what I always thought was let's get the measure of what this inverted commas, this retired life is going to be like. But you see, I'm not going to get the measure of that now, not with coronavirus going on. I'm not really going to know what a normal day is for a long time because the kids ain't going back to university until September. It's like having a very long summer holiday. My wife's at home every day. Now I don't know, um, you, you know, I don't know when her work will open. I can't see it opening for at least three months. I just can't see that. And that's a best case scenario. Uh, my, my personal planning is to September. Um, you know, I'm not going to organize or think of organizing anything until September because I, I just can't see that we're going to be in a position to do that then. And I, it may well be completely beyond that, uh, even beyond that day. 
But to me, I'm just looking at an interim planning period. And I can tell you that I just can't see that my family are going to be doing anything in between now and September. So I have to make my just my adjustments accordingly. I'm in summer holiday mode. Only difference is we can't nip in the car and go off for a nice day out by the beach or anything like that. So, you know, that that's fine. That's is that that's all fine. I'm happy. I've written a book. Most people take a year to write a book. I've still written a book with all those things going on and it's published in paperback and ebook form. It will be by the end of the month. So I had park run targets, as you know. I did park runs 49 to 61. I also did some park run tourism. So I ran at Hexham. I ran just a place near Newcastle. It's called Prudda, Prudo, it's spelt. And I ran at Workington. So I've, you know, I'm quite happy with my park runs. I've had a lot of fun with my park runs in between uh, New Year and now. That's been amazing. And I'm happy to go back to them as soon as I can. I also did part run volunteers, part run volunteers 21 to 27. So I actually got 27 volunteers in before the drawbridge came up and, and we couldn't do part runs anymore. Um, I had lots of writing projects going on in the evenings. So I wanted to re-edit Friends Who Lie. I wanted to re-edit Two Years After. I wanted to re-edit So Many Lies. All those books got re-edited and re-uploaded. So I relaunched Two Years After with a Two Years After blog tour. That was very successful. I relaunched, republished Friends Who Lie. Um, we also had uh, Truth Be Told was released in this quarter. And I released the Morecambe Bay box set. We released Devastation, which is my sci-fi novel with John Evans. And we released the trilogy box set as well. I did a second edit on Friends Who Lie, which was a point of view edit to get the points of view right. I also did an edit on No More Secrets as well. I think that also had two edits. I can't remember. I've got two ticks left to it, next to it. So one of them might have been a point of view edit as well with that. And I also relaunched No More Secrets. That's a lot, isn't it? I can't even remember doing all of that. Uh, that's a lot of work. So as well as writing that book, I've re-edited. Is it about three or four books plus I've released loads of books in that kind this is all just like a distant memory now but we've had loads of stuff out haven't we um so that's very interesting I'll tell you what I do remember that though because um a couple of weeks ago I told you that I'd started to get income from John and James now on the sci-fi series and the income I received at the big was at the beginning of this month from John and James was only for the two the first two books we hadn't even released the third book then or the trilogy so when I get the income this month, we've got extra books in there, extra units that are selling in there. Um, so that's all very interesting. But yeah, that all seems a long time ago. Now, I can't even remember doing that, but uh, the green ticks are there. Um, you can see a photograph of my planning board in this week's show notes. So you can have a, a look and see what, what I did and you know what got done. So also in this quarter, I have bought and reviewed three Calytics reports. So I bought the Psychological Thrillers Calytics report, which was brilliant, the Sci-Fi Calytics report, which was brilliant, and the Female Protagonist Calytics report, which was also brilliant. So I bought three Calytics reports this quarter and, and sort of reviewed those and then reviewed my categories and reviewed my keywords based on those reports. I also in this course, it's been a busy course, I can't believe this actually. Um, this is why this process is so valuable because I might just say to you, oh, I got one book done in this quarter, but I've actually got loads of writing work done this quarter. I'd forgotten all of this. So I'm, I'm feeling quite pleased with myself uh, reading this out to you now. Uh, if you remember, I got the rights back for Now You See Her 
uh, in this quarter, which has been fabulous. I'm very pleased about that. And that was a, a fantastic result. In that I got all the benefits of working with Adam. And then at the point at which those benefits would have declined, I got my rights back and it didn't cost me a fortune either. So I'm very happy with that. So with Now You See Her, I had to process that book in just my name. It needed reprocessing. And of course, it needed links to my books in there. And we needed to move Adam out the picture. And I republished that in Kindle and paperback. And of course, we got a new covers done that had just my name on. And because I got the rights back for that, those are going to be the next two books that I write. I'm going to turn that into a trilogy by the end of the year. And that will give me lots of great marketing units. And again, I'm really pleased. Uh, this seems like ages ago. Now, I can't believe this is in the first quarter of the year. It all seems such a long time ago. But me and the family went for a trip to Amsterdam, too, on the ferries. And I'm feeling really pleased about that, that we got an early foreign trip in on the ferries before everything got clamped down. And I don't know when. I can't even imagine. I can't begin to imagine when we're going to be able to to travel again, either by ferry, you know, even freely by train within the country. It's so difficult to imagine at this moment in time. So I'm feeling really grateful. This is what I was saying about looking for the the silver lining in the clouds. I'm so uh, grateful that we got that foreign trip in, because if that's the only foreign trip we get in this year, well, you know, that's amazing. And I, I managed to sneak one in before we got into lockdown. So I'm very pleased that we did that early trip to Amsterdam. And, uh, you know, we had a wonderful time there, as you do when you when you go on holidays. So the other thing is, um, in this quarter, and I have sort of blanked this out on the photo, I, I, I finished at my workplace and my workplace is named there. So that's why I've blanked it out. And also I've now started to take my uh, BBC pension, which was earned over however many years it was I worked at the BBC. Um, so that's a big life change and all of that's happened now. It's all, it's all happening. And um, I committed to you to go to 200 episodes of Paul's podcast diary. So in this quarter, I've delivered episodes 182 to 194. Uh, and I say I committed to episodes 200. So we got the first six of the next episodes will come obviously in quarter two. I wanted to get paperback versions of my Walker Bay thrillers done. I got those done as well. And I managed to get some writing craft books read as well. So in this quarter, I read Elements of Style, which completely confused me. I read Newsletter Ninja by Tammy Lebrecht, which is a great book. I read it Point of View book and Show Don't Tell. And those books were by, where is she? I'm just going to have to lean over, Sandra Girth. I bet, oh, did you hear my chair click there? That wasn't my bones, that was my chair. Uh, Sandra Girth. So those were brilliant books. So um, I'm, I'm pretty pleased about that. I hadn't read that before I just read it to you there. And I'm, I'm feeling pretty pleased with that. I think that's a pretty good quarter, bearing in mind, I was working for two of those months and we've had massive disruption. That feels pretty productive to me from a writing point of view. Now, normally I would follow this up next week with my quarter two preview, but I'm bumping that by one week. So the quarter two preview with my new targets for the next quarter, I'm going to run that in the podcast diary on Saturday, the 11th of April. And the reason for that is I have a special surprise episode for you next week. Now, we need some surprises. We need some excitement at the moment, you know, because our lives have, have been restricted and they're so closed down. So I really am going to tease you with this. But what I am going to tell you is that if you've ever listened to this podcast diary and got some value from it, you are not going to want to miss next week's episode. In fact, you shouldn't and mustn't miss next week's episode. You're going to want to catch it. That's all I'm going to say. So it is a special episode next week 
quarter two preview is bumped till Saturday the 11th of April. You're wondering what it is now, aren't you? Thinking, what on earth can that possibly be? Well, I'm not going to tell you because I want you to have some excitement in the week. You'll find out next Saturday when all will be revealed. A couple of other things then before I go on to this week's mentions. Uh, I couldn't attend or I, I decided not to attend the self-publishing formula show live, whatever it was called in London. And of course, that was a disappointment to me. I had all sorts of things planned around that. But, you know, as I keep saying to you, I'm a big boy. I'll cope. Um, I would have loved to have been there. Of course, I would have loved to have been there, but I made the decision not to go in the end. Uh, but Mark Dawson and James, they shared the videos of that event with us this week. And I've got to tell you, if you haven't looked at them yet, they're really good. The highlights for me, I thought Joanna Penn's presentation was excellent. She, I mean, she always just gives great value and you always learn something new from Joanna. I thought Mark's presentation was absolutely excellent too. I found it absolutely fascinating the way he burrowed into the numbers for a traditional author and compared them with an indie author. Absolutely fascinating. So Mark's was brilliant. Um, I, I've actually shared a stage with Louise Ross. It was like the Prince and the Pauper when we went on stage. And yes, I was the pauper. And Louise is fantastic. She's just had incredible success on stage. And, and she's so, so lovely and sort of humble about it. You know, you, she must be, she must be a millionaire, mustn't she? A self-made millionaire from selling ebooks. She must be with the number of books she sold. What more than a millionaire? She's absolutely incredible. So it was great to hear what Louise had to say. And I'm still, um, I haven't worked through all those videos yet, those DVDs. So I'm going to come back to those. But if you haven't looked at your Mark Dawson event videos, or if you thought oh, I won't buy them or you were waiting till later, uh, highly recommended. It. it was great. And to be honest with you, they were done so well. I really felt like I, I hadn't missed out at all. It was just excellent. So I think the thing, again, we've always got to look for the silver lining in the cloud. And what I can say to you is that if there is an event next year, if we're all clear and we're through all of this stuff by this time next year, of course, I'm going to buy a ticket and I'm planning to be down there. I think we'll all be the more happy about it because of what we've had to go through this year. So self-publishing formula live it sounds like they're doing a two-day event next year it, what a great place to meet up and celebrate the fact that we're hopefully by that time clear of all of this coronavirus stuff and we can sort of get on with our lives i hope and just celebrate being indie authors at an event like that so if it goes ahead if they sell tickets for it i'm in finally i just wanted to thank kat bammer who reminded me that with reader links, which I was talking about last week, I was explaining how I'd use reader links to determine the read through on my trilogies. Uh, I'd, I'd only upgraded for a month to set it up and make sure that it was valuable to me. And Kat dropped me a line. Thank you for doing this, Kat, to remind me that because I am a, a customer of Mark Dawson's, I bought his trainings. You get always a page of discount codes when you're a customer of, of Mark's. Uh, they're always really useful discount codes. And I, Kat was just reminding me that if I do upgrade and get the year of access to reader links, I've got a discount code in Mark Dawson's um, training. So thank you for that, Kat, because I'd completely forgotten that. And Mark's discount codes are really worth having. Uh, I use the one, if you get Book Funnel for a year, there's a really good one on, I'm sure it's Book Funnel as well. So it's a really useful codes in there. They're, they're very, very handy. So uh, thank you very much for that, Kat. I really appreciate that. If you ever hear me making a mess up like that and I've missed something or forgotten something, do just drop me a line. It's very handy. You know what I'm like in terms of my memory. So we've had a couple of mentions this week that I want to relay to you. Tim Lewis has been out for a walk. Tim, you are still allowed to go for that daily walk at the time of recording this. It is UK legal at the moment to go for a walk on your own or with, I think, one 
no, you can go in twos, can't you? And they need to be family members. I think that's what you could do. So Tim's allowed to get his exercise and he's dropped me a line, beautiful blue sky in the woods. And he says, I'm listening to your podcast while walking outside, trying to avoid the casual walkers. I know exactly about that. There's a new etiquette, isn't there? When I'm running in the park in the morning, there are very few people in the park and the paths are extremely wide. So there are about two ironing boards wide, the parks where I run. And so if you see somebody on the left-hand side, you anticipate that and you move to the right. So we're doing all this social distancing at the moment. So I know exactly what Tim means about trying to avoid the casual walkers. The new etiquette now is to du- you duck to one side and I duck to the other side. That's how we do it now. And then also I wanted to thank Edwin, who's spreading good cheer in the world by sharing pictures of the bunnies. Thank you very much for that, Edwin. We, there's always room in our hearts and our life to see lovely pictures of rabbits. So uh, Edwin has said a cute buddy picture to let Paul Tig know that I'm being looked after. And that was very nice. Uh, he forgot the picture of the bunny at first, but he remembered to put the picture on right at the end there. So thank you very much for that, Edwin. It's always great to see those pictures. Okay, that is it in terms of author news. There is a last little bit, which is where I'm going to tell you about my coronavirus-friendly birthday. But if you're listening for the author news, it's time to tune out now and put the kettle on, because this is just going to be, this is me describing my coronavirus-friendly birthday. So, uh, 55 years old on, uh, when was it, Monday. And I just wanted to explain to you how I'd had a really great day on Monday, in spite of all the restrictions that we're under at the moment. So this is my coronavirus-friendly birthday. And if you are under a certain age, probably under 40, prepare to roll your eyes at what us old geezers do and what we call a nice, pleasant day. So um, I was up. I'm getting up early anyway. I always get up early. My wife joined me for a run at the nature reserve and the nature is it's just beautiful nature reserve unfortunately it closed the day after well fortunately and unfortunately see because to me this is the silver lining in the cloud so I got up on my birthday I wanted to run on the nature reserve and my wife joined me so my wife's a, a, she's a building up runner she's trying to she's trying to get going so she can join me at, at park runs and she's done a couple of park runs but she's built building up to it and so she said she'd join me for a run at the nature reserve on Monday and the nature reserve it has a big track all the way around it so she ran the track and I kept disappearing into the woods and doing all the subtracks within the woodland as well and we met at the end so that was great to have my wife joining me for a run the nature reserve is beautiful just fantastic there I think there were only two other people in there walking a dog and it's a big nature reserve so that was really beautiful and then we then decided to do um, a main shop on Monday so you know the trick at the moment is not to do is not to keep nipping out to the shops but to do a main shop when you need to so we did a main shop on monday we we got all the bits that we needed obviously and while i was there one of the treats that i wanted to have was to get a pile of daily newspapers and to come home and read them with a cup of tea at the kitchen table now the reason why this is actually a pleasure that i've just rediscovered is that we haven't had newspapers in the house for it must be it's years actually it's years now I come to think about I only thought it was a few years but it's actually years so we we used to get papers delivered to the house and I used to get Saturday papers you know weekend papers I used to get weekday papers local papers you get loads of papers and then we just stopped because we started consuming all this stuff online and so what I found recently 
um, every now and then when, when we're out shopping, I say to my wife, oh, I'm just going to get the local paper and have a read over a cup of tea when I get home. And it brings me immense pleasure to read a newspaper, just sit and read a newspaper in the good old fashioned way. It feels like a real treat now. So for as a birthday treat, I really wanted not to work on my birthday. And so I, I got lots of treaty distractions to stop that. So I bought a pile of four papers. I think it was three nationals and our local paper. And I just sat down with my wife, having a yak, having a cup of tea and reading the papers. And what a simple pleasure that was. It was fantastic. Um, so then we had a fry-up brunch. Now, that might not sound very interesting to you, but uh, being a geezer, an old geezer of a certain age, uh, it's been a, many years now for cholesterol levels that I've known I can't eat fry-ups like I used to when I was a younger man because of cholesterol, of course. So I haven't had fry-ups routinely for years and years and years, whereas I might have done when I was younger. I've had to watch things like, um, you know, fast food and things like that. So a, a fry-up for breakfast is a huge treat these days. And if you live in the UK, if you visited the UK, there used to be a, it was a roadside chain called The Little Chef. And The Little Chef used to do a beautiful fry-up do you know what the, the all-day breakfast, that one? Oh, there's nothing like an all, uh, a little chef all-day breakfast. And I think, I think they've all closed now. There might be one or two just left. I'm not sure. But I think they've all closed now. And uh, we used to sort of go for those when we were younger, have those lovely uh, breakfasts. And I said to my wife, what well, I fancy a real big kind of fryer. By that, I mean egg and bacon and... Um, I don't like grilled tomatoes. I like tomatoes out of a tin because they go nicely on the fried bread and, and mushrooms, beans, everything. What a full breakfast. And um, so we had that for a brunch and that was fantastic. And then in the afternoon, we I never watch telly in the afternoon. The only time I'll even consider watching telly in the afternoon is pretty well Christmas Day. That's pretty well it. I don't watch telly in the daytime as a rule. It's a real kind of naughty treat for me if I watch telly in the daytime. Most of the time, I don't even sit down till nine o'clock to sit and watch television. That's, well, that's it. I don't watch, to, I don't watch telly till nine o'clock till I've all the work's done. So we sat down and we watched the platform on Netflix. Now the platform is a sci-fi story. It's a sci-fi film exclusive to Netflix. If you love sci-fi, check out the platform. It's really original sci-fi dystopian sci-fi brilliant drama really enjoyed it so we sat and watched that and then for an early evening meal we wanted to do something a little bit special and normally we might have gone out to eat at a restaurant but we couldn't do that of course so uh, my wife had got on the day she finished work which I, i'm pretty sure was friday off the top of my head she'd gone to marks and spencer on the way home this is before everything got clamped down on monday and she'd got one of these Mother's Day meals that Marks and Spencer does. So you get a bottle of wine and you get a nice sticky treat at the end and a lovely, um, you know, lovely sort of meal. And then it means nobody has to cook it. We can put it in the oven and it's a real, po you know, nice posh meal without somebody having to cook it. And we tend to do that on Valentine's Day and special occasions. We just tend to get one of these three course ready meals that you get from Tesco or Marks and Spencer. So we had that, uh, had a glass of wine and sat down and had a nice uh, meal. That was very pleasant. And then afterwards, I'd bought a DVD that I was dying to watch and uh, we'd missed it at the cinema. We couldn't quite get it at the cinema. I was at work or my wife was at work and we couldn't get it. And we were, would you believe, it was showing at a smaller cinema in Carlisle on my birthday. We were going to go and see that. Of course, we couldn't see it at the small cinema on my birthday because everything's closed. And the film is called Sorry We Missed You. Now, if you live 
you don't live in the UK, this you probably won't know this, um, but it's by a guy called Ken Loach who writes a political uh, films, basically. They're political films with a small p. Or social dramas, you might call it a social drama. And the one that you might know if you're listening internationally to this is you might know Kez. You might have read the book or you might have seen the films. And it goes way back. Kez, I think, is it 60s or 70s, early 70s? And um, that was one of his, his probably his best known film, or it certainly was until recently. And then last year he did a film called I, Daniel Blake. And then Sorry We Missed You came out soon afterwards. And um, I've been dying to watch this film because I really like his films. And so I just bought it on DVD the other day and we sat down and watched it uh, because we couldn't go and see it at the cinema and so when you're 55 years old and I don't want to sound like too much of an old codger but that is my idea of a good day that's a good time at my age I really enjoyed that day and it goes back to what I was saying to you about finding the silver lining in the cloud I had a great day it wasn't quite the birthday that I anticipated having and clearly I'd had to cancel a few trips and a few things that I wanted to do around my birthday but you know we could always salvage something from what's left and I think we're going to have to do this quite a lot over the coming months we're going to have to look for that silver lining in the cloud it's our anniversary in a couple of weeks of course we would celebrate that we'd have we would have gone out for a meal there's no way our anniversary, I think, is in about three weeks' time. There's no way we're going to be able to celebrate that going out to a restaurant. So we will improvise. We'll get a film in. We'll have a nice day. I won't work on that day. And we'll make the day feel special using whatever resources we've got. So I just wanted to share that, really, because I really enjoyed my 55th birthday. That was that was a great day. I spent it with my wife. You know, we had a good laugh. We watched some great telly. It was just a great day, and it had a bit of everything in there. And uh, it wasn't the day that I anticipated, but it was still a great day. And, and so, if I could leave you with one thing, it's that I know it's very difficult at the moment. It's very unsettling. It's very frightening, but we need to find the silver lining in the cloud where we can. Okay, that's my bit of uh, armchair philosophy for you for this week. I'm going to have another diary update for you next Saturday. Don't forget, I'm teasing you. I'm telling you, you will not want to miss next week's episode. Got some huge news for you next week, and you will want to hear it. And I'm intentionally teasing you because I want that to be some sort of expectation for next week because we need a bit of fun. We need a bit of showbiz, don't we, at the moment. So that's my, my gift to you to keep you, hopefully all primed ready for next week's episode and it is worth listening to i honestly i've got some big news for you so wherever you are in the world i really hope that you're safe and well and that your family and your loved ones are and that you have a great week of writing speak to you soon and bye-bye for now thanks for listening to paul's podcast diary make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.